before that in the first service, and again, this service just kind of captured my heart, man, even as we were singing that song, Our Deliverer. And I just kind of want to read it to you because oftentimes we, we sing the songs and we don't like really take them in. And there should be times when you're singing that, a song that it just kind of like should impact your heart, but this one did. And, and, and it goes like this. It says, when we call upon your name, you will answer. You will save and deliver us. In the darkness, in the storm, you are shining from the shore to deliver us. Deliver. Though the battle rages on, we are certain you are strong to deliver us. By by your perfect sacrifice, we're made perfect in your eyes. You deliver us. Deliver. It's such an amazing portion of, of, of just song that we're reading, that we're singing, and where it says, Hallelujah, what a Savior, worthy is the Lamb, our Deliverer. Mighty fortress for the righteous, saved to glorify our Deliverer. Guys, so many times we are in the battle, we are in the middle of a battle, And we often tend to forget that He comes and He came to deliver us from everything. Everything that we ever go through, He is ready to deliver us. We sing it, you know, and I think oftentimes it should just grip us as we begin to sing. And it's like, Lord, please deliver. Deliver right now because I need you to deliver. You know, there's times that we sing that song, Desperate for You. And we sing it, but are you saying, Lord, I'm so desperate at this moment. And it's times that we can read a a song and say, wow, those words are powerful. That no matter what you're going through right now, wherever you're at right now in your walk, sorry, in your walk with, with God, He is able to deliver. He really is, guys. And again, I don't know all your circumstances, but He is ready to deliver. And if you just let him, he will. Amen? Let's just take a, a short time. Just be quiet. You pray that God will prepare your heart. And in that time frame that we're just silent, asking for God to speak to our hearts, pray for me as well. Speak to us as we open up your word, as we share this morning. And just help me in delivering this message with boldness, with conviction. In Jesus' name, amen. Fear definitely is a motivating factor. I know it's kind of an odd way to start a study, a sermon, talking about how fear can motivate us, can be a motivating factor. And when you make that statement, you know, sometimes people can get scared at that. It's like, why are you going to talk about fear? 
Well, we're, not, we're going to talk about fear, but we're going to talk about faith as well. But fear can drive some people to do some things that they normally would not do. And fear can drive some people to say some things that they would normally not say. Because oftentimes when you're put in situations <laughs> where fear like all of a sudden is there, and, you know, um, when you're put in situations, all of a sudden you've got to think of what am I going to say? What am I going to do right now? You know, because this fear has just kind of presented itself in your life. And most of the time, that kind of fear motivates us or, or, or grips us or catches us when, when we've gotten caught for something. I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm sure you have. I know some of you. You, you, you've been put in a situation for, that you're kind of backed up in the corner and fear grips you and something comes out of your mouth that's a lie because it's like fear made you say that. It, it motivated you because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I normally wouldn't lie, but here I am lying. <laughs> or you're put in the situation because of fear because you've been found out. You've, you've gotten caught with your cookie, your hand in the cookie jar, you know? And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, you're stunned. And all of a sudden you're saying things and you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do. You have to be quick on your feet <laughs> to think of what am I going to say right now? How am I going to get out of this? And so oftentimes that kind of fear motivates us to do, say, to do things and to say things that we normally do or wouldn't do. But the fear that, that I kind of want to talk about as well this morning is the kind of fear that just grips you. It grips you in a way where, well, this kind of fear paralyzes you. And you don't do what you know you're supposed to do. You, 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 you're not acting and, and progressing the way you should because this fear just kind of keeps you there. Two verses came to mind as I was thinking about this whole thing about fear that, that, that comes into our lives. And the first uh, uh, verse that came was, was John, 1 John 4.18, where it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And the other verse that came to mind was from 2 Timothy 1.17 where it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And oftentimes when we're not thinking straight, fear grips us. Fear, fear just holds us in a paralyzed position where, where it's like you're too afraid to step out to do something that you know God is telling you to go do, but you're going like, I can't, I'm too comfortable here. And it's kind of scary because I know that every one of us has experienced this kind of fear in our hearts and in our lives. This kind of fear that, that holds us back, that keeps us from moving forward. This kind of fear keeps us in that comfort zone. We don't want to do anything in the sense that will stretch us. And you know that God is telling you, come on, 
I need you to go do this. I want you to go do that. And you're going, I'm too comfortable here, God. And I'm afraid to step out because I might be stretched beyond what I can think or imagine. And it's that kind of fear that keeps us in that zone and that like, uh, I can't, you're, you're paralyzed. And what I want to look at this morning is how faith overcomes fear. Faith overcomes fear. Just like faith is a motivating factor, faith in God can also be a motivating factor as well. Because it will allow us to do things and say things that we never dreamed we would do or say. And it's interesting because fear makes you not do certain things or to do certain things. It makes you, but faith allows you to go do certain things in your life and say certain things that you never dreamed that, that you would be in that position and you get blown away because faith has allowed you to go and do those kinds of things. We're going to be getting into the life of Moses, the, 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 the faith of Moses this morning. Mo, or Moses... Man, he was like the man. Moses was something else. But he was like second to Abraham. Both of them were well respected. But Moses never got a song for him like Abraham. We have Father Abraham. And we sing Father Abraham. And we don't have anything from Moses, you know. So he's second when it comes to those two guys. Maybe we should come up with a song. I don't know. But the fact that, that both of these men were, were well respected. Abraham, again, being the father of faith, the friend of God. Moses, well, he was the lawgiver, but he was also the deliverer. He was the one that would be used to deliver the nation of Israel. And man, they respected him. He was way up there. So before we, we get to Moses and how his faith overcame his fears, we meet his parents first. We look at their, their faith and how, and how their faith overcame, was overcome or overcame the fears that they had in their lives. And it's an interesting thing from, from verse 22 to verse 23 because there's almost 400 years that lapse there from Joseph to the parents of Moses. About 400 years that, that they waited in Egypt. They had come to Egypt, a small number, and it says that they grew mighty in number. And for 400 years we have no record of any kind of faith that is talked about in that time frame. And even though they grew in numbers, they became slaves to the Egyptians. That was their life. That's what they were caught up in. That's, that's all they had. And it's not until the parents of Moses that we begin to hear about the faith that was going on or that God was, was producing in them. And so we're in Hebrews chapter 11, if you're new you know that's where we're going to be at. If you're here for a while, you know that's where we've been at. Chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents 
because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry, by, by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so and were drowned. Going back to verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was beautiful. He was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's commands. The, the, the parents of Moses, they knew the penalty for disobeying, disobeying the edict, the, the law that Pharaoh had thrown out there. They understood the penalty. They knew that it would cost them their lives if they got caught. But it says that they were not afraid. They were not afraid because their fear or their faith <laughs> drove out fear. The circumstances they were in was that they had to kill their sons. That was the circumstances that they were facing in and around them. They were to kill their son, and the consequence was if you didn't, you would die. You would be put to death as well. And it's interesting because we've been looking at this whole thing of faith through this chapter, and faith is believing God no matter the circumstances or the consequences. That's what faith is, to continue to believe in God no matter what. No matter what happens in, in, in our lives. And here we see this example of Moses' parents being not afraid of the circumstances and or the consequences that would come their way. But understand as, you're, as you look back in that story or as we read here, they weren't being blatant showing off their disobedience to the edict of, of, of Pharaoh here. They were hiding what they were doing in a sense, Moses, they were hiding him. They weren't taking him out. Look at we're hiding him. You know, they, they, they weren't like showing off. Look at how disobedient we are. No, this was something that would cost them their lives. And they understood that, but they saw something in this kid. And so they weren't blatant in it, but they weren't going to be afraid. Fear was not going to be a factor in their motivation to keep this kid. In, in that time frame, in that time period, again, the edict was to throw your kids. It, it, well, first of all, the edict was to the, the uh, midwives, that if these Hebrew ladies had a son, that you were to kill it. They were to kill it. Well, they just couldn't do that. They couldn't get themselves to do that. And so they would lie. And when he said, hey, what's up with all these boys being born? It's like, man, these girls, these Hebrew women, are not like the sissy girls from Egypt 
that cry and moan about having a baby. See, it's not that hard. Um, because he, what they were saying about these Hebrew people, these Hebrew women is like, man, they just pop them out like nothing. And before we get there, we can't even like rescue or, or kill these kids. So it's like we can't kill them. They're alive already in that, in that sense. And so, again, in that time frame, because those who were born, he upped the ante and said, well, any boy from a certain age has to be thrown in prison and so, or thrown in the river. And so fear motivated them to put them to death and to toss them in the river. But faith brought about life here. The faith that, that, that Moses' parents had brought life into this young man. Even though there was hundreds, however many boys being killed. They saw something in this child that drove them to act in faith and not in fear instead. It says that they saw that he was beautiful, that he was a beautiful child, something special about this child. And as I I thought about that, it's like, well, I'm sure all the other parents thought their little boys were beautiful. Then again, we weren't there. It's like, oh. (laughs) But... But I'm sure that they all thought, like, what's so special about him and not my kid? But see, they were acting out. They were motivated by fear. And I don't care how beautiful their kid was. They were tossing them. They were killing them. Because now they were doing something that they thought they would never, ever do. But fear motivated them to go and they made them go do something that they would never do. And they did. They killed their kid. It was a motivating factor in their lives to, to make that kind of a decision, that fear. Whereas faith allowed the parents of Moses to do something that they never dreamed they would do, go against the law of, of, of Pharaoh, because they knew the consequences. They knew how brutal this guy was. And yet, they're being motivated by faith and they were allowed to keep this, this baby. The, the word beautiful there that we, that we look at, in other translations, some of the translations you might have there, the word in, in other translations is a proper or proper, unusual, no ordinary child. The word is actually comely. He was a comely-looking child. And from the Thyer's Greek lexicon, it means of the city, of polished manner, opposed to rustic, elegant of body, comely, fair. There was something about this child that set him apart. But when you look at this, it wasn't because he, he, his countenance was so beautiful. I'm sure he was. Cute little baby. But all of these words, all of this, this beautifulness, this comeliness, was all in respect to God. In other words, God had a destiny for this child. 
as opposed to Destiny's Child. <laughs> Somebody caught it. Thank you. Yeah. Some of you younger people caught it. Some of you older people are like, Destiny's Child. It's a band. <laughs> I, I worked with youth for a long time. Come on. I know about all those things. I'm pretty hip in that area. <laughs> but, but God had a destiny for this child, and somehow his parents knew that. I don't know how, but they knew that, that this, was, this, this child was different. It was no ordinary child, and they had the, the foresight to hide him so that God would reveal him later on in life. So they had to do this. God had, something in, had some plans for this kid to do His service. He would do great things, but not for Himself, but for others. And so they were motivated by faith somehow to keep this kid alive. The, the, the Hebrew people were commanded to cast their sons into the river. And Moses' parents eventually did cast them in the river. after hiding them, or not being able to hide them any longer. But when they put him in the river, they put a tiny little ark. <laughs> they put him in this little basket. And they put him in this basket and, and, and protected his life from, from certain death. <laughs> he would have died. But this little ark protected him and brought life to him. I'm wondering if they thought of Noah's ark at the time, you know. It's like, well, it brought life with a lot of water. Maybe. You know, a little basket, it was pitched with, with asphalt inside there, tar. To, to, and some people are like, ooh, I would never put my baby in there. Yeah, you probably would have thrown him in the, 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 the river there. But they did something that was extraordinary. They saved his life. The faith of Moses' parents served as an inspiration to those who were reading this letter of Hebrews, reminding them that and us <laughs> that we cannot hide that which God wants to reveal. Fear brings death, but faith brings life. And for Moses' parents, even if they would lose their own, they wanted to bring life to this young man. And so fear brings death, but faith brings life, even if we lose our own life to do it. Verse 24 to 26 says, Moses, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. He looked ahead. As the story goes for Moses, the daughter of, of Pharaoh found him in the river as he was floating down as a little baby. And it says that she had compassion on him. 
and took him from there. He, she drew him out and gave him the name Moses, which means to draw out. And she had compassion on him. And it's interesting because when you go and read that story, the, Moses' older sister was, was on the bank watching what would happen when she saw that the Pharaoh's daughter picked up the baby. She went and she said, do you need somebody to nurse the baby? And she got, she says, yeah, of course, certainly. And she got Moses' mom to come and, 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 and nurse the baby and wean the baby. She got paid for it too. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing story. But he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses was brought up in the palace of Pharaoh. He was around very important people all the time. He had a lifestyle that most would envy. He went to the best schools and universities, getting the best education he possibly could. With, with, with all the, 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 the privileges that, that came when living in the, the palace. I'm sure he, he learned about science and architecture and mathematics. I'm sure that they also taught him as he grew older about military tactics and government. It's quite possible that he, he could have been in line to be a pharaoh in the future. Or at least close to the throne. To have prestige and power. He had all the niceties that the world could offer. (laughs) And he had them at his fingertips. He could do whatever he wanted. He had it all. And the phrase that says the passing pleasures of sin. The things that he he wanted to, to, to get rid of. These passing pleasures of sin. Not only refers to the lust of the flesh. And all that is accompanied with the lust of the flesh. But it also describes what we would call today as successful. It it, it refers to, to position, prestige, power, wealth. The freedom from problems even. Is what this word, this phrase also indicates. Of having it all and not having to worry about life. Because you had it all. And, and at, at, at a certain time, he, he decided, I, I don't want that anymore. He, he, he was going to forego the, pla- the passing pleasures of sin, it says. It, it, it's not like he was going to give it a test run, see if he can make it off on his own. No, he was turning his back on it completely. It's not like he was out among the people, but every night he went back to his, his, his palace and slept in his bed. No, when he, when he left, he left. And he left it all behind. Everything that the world had to offer him, he left behind. And it says that when he came to, to age, or came of age, that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In Exodus two eleven, it says when he was grown, he went out to his brethren. In Acts chapter 7, verse 23, as Stephen is, is sharing before he gets killed, talking about this whole history, he says when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. So when exactly did Moses begin to have this desire to go and be with his people? 
When was that coming of age? When did he start realizing, I guess, that he was different than everybody else that lived in that palace? Mom, why do I look different? (laughs) I look like those guys who are working outside, building all those things. What is it about me in here? Why am I in here? I mean, when did he come of age? When did he begin to understand that he was a Hebrew? Could it be that when he got to a certain age, he had that heart and that desire to be out there, but at age 40 is when he finally said, I'm done, I'm going out there. And if you know the story, he was out there checking everything out, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And he didn't like that. He said, hey man, that's my peeps there. He realized, that's my people. And it says that he killed, he murdered the Egyptian. And the next day when he was out there among his people again, and he saw two Hebrew people fighting, two Hebrew men fighting, and he went to go stop them, it says that that one of them says, what are you going to do to us? Are you going to kill us like you killed the guy yesterday? And it's interesting because here we say that by faith, he, he refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. But if you read the story, he feared back then. He says, Pharaoh will know what I have done. And he feared and he left. And it's interesting because when you read the story, it's like, wait a minute, you did this out of fear. But when we look back, we see that God counted that for faith somehow. Huh, interesting. That all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, something caused him to turn to God. Something happened in his life. But, but Moses being who he was, he could have gotten away with murder. He could have gone back into the palace and said, hey man, this incident happened back there, but hey, it's all cool, right? <laughs> it's all good. You see, that could have happened if he feared losing everything. He got to a point where he didn't fear that anymore. And that's why it was accounted to him for faith. He didn't fear that any longer. You see, he could have said things and did things that he normally may have not done before because of conscience sake. It could have been easier for him to stay in his comfort zone in the palace than to leave. But faith allowed him to choose to identify with his people, to go out and be among his people. And it's quite possible that he really didn't know that this is what faith looks like, (laughs) to leave it all behind. But it allowed him to do this. Because of all of this, Moses was willing to leave it all behind. He had come to realize that all that the world had to offer was nothing. All that the world had to offer didn't satisfy not, not one bit. He had everything and it wasn't enough. It, 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 it might be that, that he had known something about the God of the Hebrews. He was, he, he was a learned man. It's quite possible that he studied about the God of the Hebrews and, and he was drawn to it because of what was going on out there and what was going on in his own life, in his own heart. And he was willing to give it all up and to turn away from it all. And it's interesting because Moses 
could have been considered one day if he had become Pharaoh, an Egyptian god. Because it, it, it was supposed that the, the Pharaoh was the incarnation of the sun god, Ra. But for some reason, <laughs> instead of looking for that kind of god, the sun god, he, he somehow decided, in the spiritual sense, to look forward to the son of God, God's son, instead. And so in a sense, he looked beyond the physical and entered into the spiritual realm. I like the way the Amplified puts verse 26. He says, He considered the contempt and abuse and shame bore for the Christ, the Messiah, who was to come to be greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he looked forward and away to the reward recompense. He had a different mindset. Faith was now working in his life and he was able to, to look to that instead of to everything that he had. It says in verse 27, it says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured as seeing him who is invisible. At age 40 is when he left Egypt. And for 40 years he, he was in the land of Midian there learning to be a shepherd, <laughs> his father-in-law's sheep. And at age 80, God brought him back to Egypt, to the land that he had forsaken. But God brought him back to deliver his people. You know, I was, I was tripping out even first service. Um, all the songs that we sang today talked about not being afraid, about about delivering. I asked Jim, I said, did you like read ahead or something? I know. It's like, perfect. <laughs> he is our deliverer. And he was bringing Moses back to deliver his people. That's why he was hidden early in his life to be revealed like this. But Moses wasn't the same man when he first left. He may, may have not had too much faith when he first left. But God taught him for 40 years. And he did not fear the wrath of the king. He had no fear for this man. And I'm sure he understood how Pharaoh worked, how judgment was cast in the palace, how brutal this man was. And maybe it took 40 years for him to, quite, to understand this kind of faith. You see, Moses' faith was tested and now his faith could be trusted to come back and deliver the people of God. The faith that Moses had now grown in overcame any kind of fear that he had. He had grown in that faith. There was something different about him. He didn't even flinch. He didn't back down. He didn't cower when he came and faced Pharaoh because he knew God had spoke to him in that desert through that bush, he had heard God's voice and God was leading him to go back to his people and he was ready to go. Oh, if you know the story, he had some arguments there. But he still went. Eventually he went. To seeing him who is invisible, Moses was not concerned about what man could do to him anymore. He understood the spiritual aspect of life. 
that he looked to a king that was greater than the one that sat in the throne in Egypt. He was just a man. (laughs) He wasn't going to please man anymore. He was going to please God. And we are to please God rather than man. Except for you teenagers, you still have to please your parents. (laughs) I know how you guys think. No, but really, Mom, I heard him say that. Come on. Because he had faith in the invisible, there was no reason for him to play it safe. He didn't have to fear or worry about rocking the boat or causing waves anymore because he had confidence in the invisible. The one that he served now. He didn't have to hold back. There was, that, that fear wasn't there. He, he had no comfort zone anymore. He was out there. He put himself out there in the presence of this man who could kill him on the spot. And he wasn't fearing anything. He forsook all that stuff. So he was able to stand boldly because that's what faith does. It gives you boldness. To stand your ground and even take ground. Verse 28, it says, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. God had already shown himself so strong and powerful through all the other plagues that Moses was a part of, of bringing onto the children of Egypt. And Moses had no reason to doubt that God would come through again, even through this. Death would be coming to the firstborn, but they had faith enough to trust God that when he said, kill a lamb and put it on the doorpost, and when the angel of death comes, he will see the blood and pass over that house. And even though Moses was not the firstborn, he still found it necessary to sprinkle blood on the doorpost of the house that he was in. In, 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 in essence, by faith, he understood that he needed to be sprinkled with blood just like everyone else. That, he, that that blood would cover him, in a sense, looking forward to the blood of the Lamb that, that would die for the sins of the world. Because he knew who he was and he needed that kind of blood. Because he knew that that blood would give, de- would give life. And the unbelief, those who feared or didn't trust, well, they died. The firstborn died. As long as there was blood on their doorpost, there was no fear. Faith overcame that. And I'm sure that Moses and those who were being saved from death could hear the wailing and the crying of those who, who, through fear, (laughs) didn't act by putting blood on their doorpost. Not just Moses, but all who had faith that night put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost and they were saved. Again, this must have spoke loudly to those who were reading this book, reading this letter, the Hebrew believers of that day, that they had nothing to fear. They didn't have to fear man. All the pressures that were coming upon them that day where they lived in, they knew that that what man had was death. There was no life in it anymore. And they were saved by the invisible. 
the invisible one, the one that came, and they understood themselves, those, these readers of Hebrews, that they were sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb and they had life in them. In verse 29, as we close up, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so and were drowned. Can you imagine the, the mindset of Moses as they were delivered? He had delivered these people and they come to the Red Sea and there, there's a big old problem in front of them. There's a sea in front of them. And he hears, he gets word that the armies are coming from Egypt, are coming, and some people could actually see them way off in the distance. And so now he's, he's between this trial and the enemy behind him. Not to mention that he had two, two million people crying and breathing down his neck. <laughs> Depending on him for answers, if you like, turn to, to uh, Exodus chapter 14. I want to read to you these, the, the, the situation that Moses found himself in. Exodus 14, beginning in verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Verse 13, And Moses said to these crybabies, I mean to these people, <laughs> this is what happens here. I want to show you what happens when, when things like this happen. Moses said to these people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will bring honor over, I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. When the Egyptians, then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And if you know the story, <laughs> these two, two million people walked through dry land to the other side. And when the Egyptians got in there, in the middle of it, God just said, done, and killed them. When we have trials before us and the world at our heels, <laughs> this is the way God comes through, guys. 
He does the impossible if we but trust Him. Our faith will overcome any fears because He will show up. He will show Himself strong if we put our trust in Him. It's faith in Him that gets us through the the trials, but it's fear that swallows us up and we're trapped. (laughs) Guys, I, I don't know all you who are in here this morning, but there might be some of you this morning. I'm going to ask the, the worship team come on up. There might be some of you this morning who, who have never given your life over to Jesus. You, you live in fear and you're trapped in fear. And even right now, you don't even realize it, but the enemy is holding you in fear and you can't even move forward. And God wants to free you today. And, and, and maybe you've come, somebody invited you to come, but today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that He wants to set you free. And again, maybe you're here and, and you've never heard that before. You've lived in fear, but He wants to give you faith so that you can overcome. If that's you, I, I want to pray for you and I want to lead you in a simple little prayer into salvation. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. And I just want to learn, just pray a simple prayer for you. It, it, standing to your feet and praying this prayer is not what saves you. It's, it, it, it's your heart. But I want to move you to action even. <laughs> that, that, that you would know that today you have had the opportunity for salvation. If that's you, stand to your feet. Right on. Anybody else? Anybody else that needs that salvation because you've been living in fear? Just, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. You don't, you don't really have to say it out loud, but if you want to, you can. And allow God to, to come into your life. Father in heaven, I ask that you would forgive me for all my sins. Lord, I have lived in this fear because I didn't know you. But right now, standing to my feet, Lord, I proclaim that I need you in my life. And that you can save my life, Lord. That you can take me from death to life, even right now. I ask that you would forgive me for all my sins. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me to walk in you and to trust you for everything. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The rest of you guys, let's... Amen.